I'm Courtney Lundeen, and welcome to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. Do you find yourself wishing you could have more moms, sisters, and friends encouraging you and pouring into you, inspiring you to live as the mom God has called you to be? Too often, our culture minimizes the role of motherhood, but I believe that being a mom is a high calling, and we're answering the call and stepping up to the plate. I love simplicity and efficiency, habits and routines, but my favorite part of life is being a mom. If you want practical strategies to lighten your load, simplify your life, let some things be easy, and make room for what matters most, you're in the right place. I'll remind you that every blessing and provision is God's and help you reflect that mindset in your homes and to your families. Thanks for joining me, friend. I'm glad you're here. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. Today's episode is one I have been so excited to sit down and write because it's one of my favorite things to think about. I think as moms, it's easy to get bogged down in the day-to-day and think we don't have time for the fun and easy and lighthearted parts of life. But there is time for the fun and lighthearted parts of life if we make time for it, and I think it is important. Personally, I believe thinking about the fun stuff helps balance and push out some of the heavy and negative parts of the world that we're surrounded with all the time. So here we go on the fun stuff. If homemaking is important to you, you're in the right place. I'm trying to be speaking and feeding right into the heart of the homemaker today. We know as moms that home is so much more than the four walls and a roof over our head. Home is a feeling, a safe place. Home is the people love, connectedness, what an honor it is to be a facilitator of creating a home environment for the people that we live with. What an honor it is that we can create traditions and create the moments that will always be our kids' childhood memories. We know as Christians we are called to fellowship, to serving, to generosity. The home can be such a central foundation for these principles. Homemaking is fostering the conversations, discipleships, and relationships with our children. But home is usually a building too. It's a house or an apartment or wherever you live. So how do we use this actual building to our advantage? As you have heard me talk about several times on this podcast, I really try to avoid clutter. I am affected by my surroundings, but I love thinking, how can I make this house function best for my family? How can this house best serve our family? How can we not be a slave to all of our belongings, slave to cleaning our home, constantly just moving things around? But how can our environment at home inspire and facilitate the things that matter so much to us? And this whole thing will be very personal. Each person will have a different threshold on how decorating you want your house to feel or how you interpret homemaking, how you want your house to look and feel each season. It's up to you. That's what I want my message to be in this episode. It's up to you. And I want to help you think about how can you make your home feel like you want it to feel? How can you use your home to your advantage to make the most of your life and prioritize your family, your friends through your home with your home being the tool, not letting it take away from the things that matter, but using it for the things that matter. So you can interpret this for yourself. Some people may feel like they really overdo it on decorating their homes in general, like they just feel obligated to have lots of stuff. Um, They spend lots of days each year packing and organizing and stuffing boxes and carrying boxes up and down from the attic, spend lots of time and money shopping for decorations each season. And if these things bring you joy and you look forward to it and it adds to your life, then great, you have found the balance. That's what we're going for. 
But if you feel overwhelmed by stuff and kind of burdened or obligated by these tasks, then maybe you'll get some good ideas in this episode. One of the most well-known, quote, minimalists named Joshua Becker has a story of when he first became a minimalist. He was spending an entire weekend cleaning out his garage and his young son was playing basketball outside um, and wanting him to come play with him. But he was too busy going through all his things out of obligation. And he made some comment to his neighbor about how the more stuff you own, the more your stuff owns you. And his neighbor was like, oh, yeah, my daughter is a minimalist. She just doesn't have a lot of stuff. And in that moment, Joshua was like, I'm going to do that, whatever that is. So along that line, though, some people can feel like they really underdo it when it comes to decorating or homemaking, that they go too far in that direction and things feel cold and empty and maybe they aren't able to use their home for hosting or serving um, because it feels like it's lacking. And I have to admit, I'm one of those people naturally. I am like recovering from this idea of perfectionism, which some people don't even consider that perfectionism. Um, I totally understand that. The house I lived in before the one I'm living in now, I didn't really even decorate it. And I know that sounds like alarming (laughs) to some people, but to me, if I like couldn't find the right thing, I would have rather just like left the walls blank than buy something I didn't love. And like, it would bother me every day that it was up on the walls. So one of my best friends came over one time and she was like, Courtney, I love you, but you need to decorate this house. You have kids that live here. You need to bring some life into these walls. And I mean, that sounds like a good friend, right? (laughs) Honestly, I needed to hear it. Um, I knew I needed to hear it, but (laughs) when she said it, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Things don't have to be perfect. Um, Even when money is tight, we can still have part of our house that longs to feel like ours, that we want it to feel like our home that we created or that we set up. So that year, money was extremely tight. I made a literal wish list for myself and let myself think, okay, if I were to spend a little bit of money, what would I want? I picked out curtains. And then when my grandma asked me what I wanted for my birthday, I said, I really want these curtains. And I even sold some things on Facebook marketplace to gather some money. And I used that money to buy other things for the house. And I'll tell you, having a home that felt like I decorated it has really filled up a part of my heart. We are renting our current house right now, and even still, I decided that I was going to make it feel like our home. And I'm still somewhat minimal with it all, but it does feel like home, and it has been so good for my heart. So one resource I look to in this arena of intentional homemaking are literally all three books by the author named Myquillen Smith. Her name is spelled M-Y-Q-U-I-L-L-Y-N. She says like Jacqueline and Michael put together. Um, But she's known online as The Nester. She is a master of creating homes. I literally own like 10 books only and three of them are by Michael and Smith. They are practical and full of tips for decorating and creating a home. She talks about being a cozy minimalist. Isn't that the perfect combination of words for what I was describing? She says she wants to promote having the most style with the least amount of stuff. She talks about having a heart for hosting while being imperfect. Of course, she's a Christian too. And her books are not only helpful, but they are cute. They could be little coffee table books or books on a bookshelf. Uh, You know, I love that. Belongings with like a dual purpose, a book that could be a decoration, but is also full of wisdom. I also mentioned her books on episode 11 thoughtfulness and showing up for people because I think her books would also be a great gift for someone who just got a new home or as a gift for any reason really so 
Anyway, some of these ideas in this episode are inspired by her book called Welcome Home. And she starts out that book with a quote that I'll read to you. It says, summer and winter, springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above join with all nature and manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. And that's by Thomas O. Chisholm, and it's the song Great is Thy Faithfulness. She talks about the concept of decorating your home while embracing each season through the lens of God the Creator, instead of through the lens that we use ourselves as consumers. You know when you see a sunset and you're just like, wow, God, thank you. Beauty just shouts the name of the Lord. I love Psalms 19.1. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. I'm going to link in the show notes a website that I found that gives lots of Bible verses about creation, nature, and God's design. So as we decorate our homes, especially in each season as a new season approaches, we can ask ourselves, what did God do for this season and how can we follow his example? Michael and Smith also talks about using all five senses to fully embrace, embrace each season at home. The typical American consumer may just like walk up and down the halls of Target or Hobby Lobby each season, pick up 10 signs that say fall, autumn, pumpkin spice. But when we put all of that in our house, it's really only catering to the sense of sight and it might make our space feel cluttered. Then when that season's over, we have to have space again to store all of those signs, which is great if you love that, but remembering that things take up our time. So we really want to own things that we love. And Michael Lynn also says, how can we make our house feel like the season to fully embrace God's grand design? So we're using all five senses, sight, touch, sound, smell, and taste. For sight, we might think of nature. What do we see outside for each season? For taste, how can we intentionally incorporate seasonal foods? Or for smell, can we rotate candles or diffuser scents that reflect each season? And the senses overlap here because your house will also fill with the sense of the seasonal foods that you're cooking and serving. The sense of hearing, how can we play music in the background of our homes? What songs do we sing to ourselves? Do we have the sound of guests in our home? And you could even create seasonal playlists that bring you back to each season. Lastly, the sense of touch. Do we need thick, cozy blankets? Do we need crisp, cool sheets? Ever since I read her books, I ask myself these questions each season, and it kind of gives me a framework for decorating with intention and just not only decorating, but just embracing the season. So we're thinking, how can I model our creator's design for the season? How can we embrace the season with all five senses in our home? And I really love this way of thinking and doing that it's not really about spending money. It's kind of just using attention in some things that you may already do or own. Some of it can be thought of as seasonal supplies that cater to the things you want out of each season and not just the decorations in your house. Maybe you have some blankets stuffed in a cabinet that you never use, but now after hearing this, you may rotate them and pick the ones that are more appropriate for each season. Or maybe you already buy food, obviously, for your family each season, but now you may do it with a seasonal approach or a different intention or even just a different appreciation of the things that you may have already done without realizing it. And sounds are usually free. You probably already have a phone that can play loud enough to fill up a big space in your home. And I also love that this concept will look different for each person in each home. It will also matter where you live in the world and what happens in nature during each season. What matters is your interpretation and looking at what nature is doing around your area during that season. And it's cool that each family that hears this will probably interpret that differently. 
these small homemaking things are kind of part of the traditions of our family, whether you realize it or not. Our kids may smell a certain candle someday and think, oh, my mom always had that candle burning in our house each fall. Or they may hear a particular song and remember Christmases at home growing up. That's why I think this stuff matters. Yes, it is extra. Yes, you can be a great mom and give your kids a rich, full, valuable childhood without any of this stuff mentioned on this episode. But here on this podcast, I do like to have space for the extra stuff. There's just so much heavy stuff going on in the world, and I like thinking about the fun stuff. I like the magic of childhood, and I value the experience of home. It's an honor for me to think about this kind of stuff for my kids, and literally, I thank God when I'm doing things like homemaking. It's such a joy to me. I'm grateful to be in this season with kids in my home. And yes, I think there are more important things in our lives than decorating our homes, but it's okay to make space for this too. I'll talk through each season here and give you guys some ideas. Feel free to take whatever you like and think of your own new ideas. And I hope this goes without saying, but you don't have to do it all. Please don't even try to do it all. These are just some fun ideas. So we'll start with winter. For example, what did God, our creator, do in winter? Let's look at nature for the sense of sight. Winter isn't usually super bright colors. It's a little bit more muted and neutrals, darks, browns, whites. Could we swap out our brightest throw pillow for a darker one or we put branches instead of flowers in our vases? Literally, we could go get branches out of your yard and put them in vases. Um, that's free. And for the sense of sound, obviously a lot of us think of Christmas carols or instrumental piano music. For the sense of touch, winter is colder, so I think of cozy blankets thicker sheets, maybe a warm throw pillow, a warm fire in the fireplace. For the sense of smell, I think of warm smells again, like woodsy candles, spices, winter greens, the smell of coffee brewing. Some people have Christmas trees in their home, so they'd have the smell of pine needles. The sense of taste would be seasonal winter food, like Brussels sprouts, squash, cranberries, avocado, greens like kale, Swiss chard, turnip greens, apples, clementines, grapefruit, can we try to use these foods more often in the winter time? And besides creating a tradition and a feeling of home, seasonal foods are usually more nutritious and better tasting when they're enjoyed at the appropriate time. The next season is spring. So what did God, our creator, do in spring? Spring just brings the significance of fresh, new life. Flowers are blooming. Things are more bright and colorful. For the sense of sight, maybe you introduce a bit more color. You put real flowers from your backyard in some vases. Maybe you leave the curtains open longer so more light comes in as the days get longer. For the sense of sound, maybe hopefully you hear kids playing outside or maybe you can actually open your windows a bit more in the spring because the weather is nice and you hear the real sounds of nature. The sense of touch, spring needs a little bit less warmth than winter so maybe you start switching out your thick fur blankets for something a little bit more smooth and crisp. Smells of spring are flowers or herb gardens growing, and the taste of spring would include seasonal foods like asparagus, artichoke, carrots, strawberries, green onion, greens like arugula, spinach, and romaine. The next season would be summer, so we think, what did God, our creator, do? Summer makes me think of being outside with sunshine and water. The days are lighter and longer in the summer where I live. So the sense of sight, what does that look like to you? Summer reminds me of beaches, water, cool colors, colorful gardens, colorful flowers. The sounds associated with summer might be crickets and bugs if you live anywhere like I do. But next time, instead of being annoyed by it, just appreciate it for a minute. You're embracing this season. The smells of summer to me are outdoor like pools or citronella candles or crisp salads with fresh light foods. 
The sense of taste is probably my favorite since for summer. I love fresh fruit, berries, citrus food, and summer makes me think of lighter meals. Meals on the go or meals with friends or meals outside. The season of fall is next. What did God, our creator, do in fall? Fall is when it starts to get colder, the leaves turn colors and fall off the trees. The season of sight for me is leaves changing colors, yellow, red, orange, Did you have any branches in your backyard with some beautiful leaves that we could bring in and put in a vase? Pumpkins are a very fall thing in my area. If you have pumpkins in your house or on your porch, you're enjoying that part of nature in that season. The sounds of fall, one of my best friends who talks about this kind of stuff with me, she said to her fall is the sound of football games on the TV. And I love that. She said she intentionally turns on the sports channels early on Saturday mornings and lets that be the background noise to that season. The sense of touch, maybe you swap out your lightweight summer blankets for a little bit of a thicker, warmer one. The sense of smell, maybe pumpkin-scented things or potpourri blends and spices and pots on the stove. The sense of taste, some seasonal foods, um, maybe you do more things in the crock pot or chili or apple cider. So that's just a ton of ideas. I hope it kind of gets your wheels turning and thinking about how you might want to appreciate the seasons in your home. And I want to mention the topic of avoiding clutter while we're talking about all of this, since you guys know I'm into that. I do think decorating and embracing the seasons, like we've mentioned in this episode, kind of does help us avoid having boxes and boxes and boxes of seasonal decorative stuff. You can't really box up and store things for the senses of taste and hearing and smelling as easily as you would box up things when you're decorating only for the sense of sight. One strategy I learned from one of my favorite girls on Instagram, her name is Katie Staples from Halfway Holistic. Um, she said to use throw pillows with zippers and maybe invest in a few good quality inserts. Then you're only storing the flat pillow case for each season and you'll reuse the big fluffy inserts all year. I'll link to the inserts that she recommended and I have them now and I like them too. Even if you're shopping at Target or HomeGoods or wherever, you can find that a lot of their pillows do have zippers and some of them don't. So you can either add a zipper if you are that crafty or just get the ones with the zipper and then you keep the outer cover and then you can donate that inside pillow part that you don't need and you don't have to keep that part. She, Katie from Halfway Holistic suggests getting inserts one size bigger than the pillow if you're using polyester inserts and getting inserts the same size as the pillow if you're using feather inserts. So that is one easy trick to minimize storage. And throw pillows are such an easy and relatively inexpensive way to change up the feel of a room in a home. So that's why I like that one too. Another thing that Michael and Smith talks about, which we kind of mentioned at the beginning, are thinking in terms of supplies for each season. So as the season changes, thinking of what supplies you might need for that season. Like, okay, it's about to be winter. As I'm winterizing my house, I may also need to locate the ice scrapers for the car. Or what things do I host at my house for each season and what do I need to have, like supplies for that. Michael and also goes into hosting a big part of her book is about hosting. So I love that too. And I'm not going into that here, but you can check out her book for more on how hosting fits into this. And she says, you're actually more prepared to host than you probably think you are. So check out her book. Another piece of advice I've learned over the years is as you pack up after each season, look at the stuff that stayed in that box. If you didn't use it this year, do you really need to keep it? Can you donate it and give yourself more space? We don't need things to stay in boxes for a lifetime or even for generations. If you love it, find a way to use it and display it. Or if you don't love it, give it to someone else who can enjoy it. Can you also do your future self a favor and put the stuff in a box in a tidy way? 
so that things won't be broken and wrinkled? Can you fix the lights that are burnt out before you pack it away? Imagine how fun it would feel next year when you open the storage box full of only the things that you love and they're already ready to be enjoyed. I'm not really going into the conversation here about seasonal activities for kids and how to make it fun for kids. I do talk about that um, because I think it's a huge part of creating memories and forming traditions, embracing seasons, and just creating fun for our families. So check out episode number one, Making Things Magical for Kids. That one is where I go into all the kid details for seasons. And that's all I have for today's episode. I hope this is a blessing to you. I hope you feel inspired to think about how your home can serve your family instead of constantly just keeping up with our belongings and things in the house. Or maybe you do some of the same things you've always done, but now you have a mindset surrounding it all. You realize you're creating traditions for your children and a home that you're proud of. It's not about the money or the things. It's about the feeling. It's about the mom who's picking her family over her home and we can find joy in homemaking counting it all as joy, like I like to say. And ultimately, I hope you're going to appreciate more of what our amazing creator has done as he designed the seasons, and we have the honor of reflecting that to our world. Before we go, I'd like to say a little prayer and blessing for you. Dear God, thank you for these listeners. Thank you that they long to create a home that honors you and blesses their family. Thank you for being the ultimate creator and ultimate designer. Thank you for giving us hearts for hospitality and service. Help us use the tools we have available to bless our friends and families through our home. Help us constantly look at our homes through a lens that reflects you, Lord. Let it all be for your glory. In your son Jesus' name, amen. If you love this podcast and want more details of the episode, subscribe to my email newsletter. I will send recaps of the podcast and include any written details you might find helpful. I have been asked for written forms of some episodes, and this really is the best way. When you sign up for my email, you will also receive an instant download PDF of Bible verses for moms. It's basically a list of Bible verses I think would be helpful to moms, verses you can memorize and apply and seek out in your day-to-day life. Most of them are mentioned in episode number three, Faith and Practice with Kids. That episode has been one you guys have loved, so thank you for your positive feedback. If you want this free PDF or to be subscribed to my email, go to my website, CourtneyLundin.com, and you'll see the link for the download Bible verses for moms. I'll also link to it in the show notes for this episode. If you love this podcast, would you leave a five-star review? It helps other people find the podcast and it would mean so much to me. You can also be sure to subscribe in whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Then you'll be automatically notified when a new episode is available. Thanks for being here, friends. Until next time, let's elevate motherhood. Mm